Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Welcome back everyone to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint and here with my dear friend, Jules. How's it going, buddy? It's good. It's good to see you, Langdon. I'm just sitting here sitting here trying to get my head around the fact that 2022 has just seems to have just disappeared on us. It really has. We're embracing now our holiday season, the end of the year. There's a lot of joy, and then it kind of drops off. You know, let me not drops off, but isn't it funny how you do your you do your holiday thing? You know, for us, we do our little we do our Christmas thing with the girls. Go that, and then right after, it's like January. It's It's basically the week between and like New Year's. You're like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a. No, I, like, I like I like the week between Christmas, sort of the sort of Christmas and New Year. Yeah, yeah. that'll. There's lots happening. See family, see friends, do lots of things. But January, oh. Oh, yeah. January is a tough month. Yeah, yeah. On the last podcast, I think hopefully everyone has uh, had the opportunity to to listen now, or if you haven't, please check in. We've talked trends. As we were coming to the close of the year. No, 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 no. We didn't. Was that not trends? No, we talked tips. We, we don't do tips. trends. We tips. don't do well, trends. Like it is trends. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Everybody does trends. We do tips. Yeah. Good call. That was the difference. And we actually focus on that exact verbiage. So our trends are actually tips, users. So understand the difference. Tips, not to be confused with trends. Top top tips, even. You could call, even call them top tips. Yes, yeah. we did do that. Good call. Good catch. Okay. But we have kind of transitioned back. We're going to talk a little overarching on a big, crucial element that's alive in all of our workplaces. Risk. Risk are inherent everywhere, everyone. You know, we talked, I might even let you kind of paint the picture for the chocolate teapots because that was your baby, how we've talked about that. And trying to think, you know, the transition. So what, you know, what, what do you think? Well, well, I, I, you know me, I like an analogy. And it's, it's, not, it's not an easy word to say, but I do like one. Um, and, and we've talked about chocolate teapots, haven't we? And that's, that's that great British phrase that really says, whatever you're doing, it's as useful as a chocolate teapot. In other words, it's, if, if it's not, if it's not as useful, it's not useful. So don't do it. Yeah. So let's focus on good things to do and positive things to do. My analogy today includes chickens and eggs. And I don't know whether you use this analogy. You use that one. Okay. Yes. So, so do we put the, the, the egg before the chicken or the chicken before the egg? Okay. Um, and, and really the, the reason for thinking about that particular analogy is, is where's your focus? Where's our focus as health and safety professionals? Um, and and really, it comes from lots and lots and lots of conversations where we go and talk to organisations and we go and talk to safety people. And the first thing they want to talk to us about is incident management or incidents. Yeah. Um, and it really strikes us that we're putting the egg before the chicken in that case, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, that as a health and safety professional, where should your focus lie first and foremost? And actually, it's that prevention of incidents, isn't it? And prevention of incidents comes through hazard and risk management. You know, I think it's an interesting 
And I don't really, we try to, we talk about it regularly and think about how we can, how we can shift that thinking more so. And maybe this is really going kind of off kilter slightly. Maybe we, I don't know how you do it ultimately because I'm worrying we're so about where this, I'm just worrying know, about where this is going to go. But, yeah. <laughs> I You'll see. I don't know how we do it from the standpoint of we, and I kind of think it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of human nature, right? If you think about it, what's the, you have the most experience or the most knowledge, so to speak, of things that you have been a part of, meaning things that have happened to you, which makes sense why, I mean, when you think about it from that perspective, plus the, the avenue of, from a regulatory perspective, which you and I have talked about, I mean, we know if you're in any um, country like you know, the U.S. or U.K. or anywhere with very proactive regulatory bodies, you have this. So we, we see that. We know that that's what they track. It's easy to see an incident happen, OSHA's coming out, or an incident happen, we need to investigate, or, you know, whatever. Because that's where all the data is. That's where everything we know that stuff has happened. So when you start shifting, trying to think, how can we be more ahead of ahead of the curve? That is difficult. You know, it's a difficult because you're changing the way people are thinking, which to me, it works perfect because then we have all this history. We have all this insight of knowing where things have happened, which is great. Keep that. So it's just like a tick, just a little switch. How can we then think more proactively to looking at general risk so we can understand why did those things happen? And then how can we ensure that they don't happen moving forward? So see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go too far off. It was just kind of thinking, you know, they do. Everyone always focuses on the incidents and maybe it's because it's, it's easier to focus on those because they're, you know what I mean? You, you did trigger a thought there though, which doesn't happen very often, but you did, you oh, did trigger a thought regularly. there, Langdon. Um, which was actually, and I'm thinking aloud here, so bear with me, um, which was really something around the fact that sometimes our most experienced people are probably our, our most dangerous people. And for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm making the inverted commas signal with my hands. In, in that we get that complacency, don't we? We get that, I've done this job for a long time, I know how to do it, and, and they don't necessarily have safety at the front of mind when they're doing that, that their particular job role. And I think, I think this sort of comes into one of the key things that, that we're banging a drum about, which is, is the whole move away from talking about safety culture and actually talking about safe operations and actually making safe operations a mantra within your organization. Because when you stop and think about safe operations, it's not about trying to talk about safety as this separate thing that you need to think about. It's just an integrated part of what you do. So actually, everybody everybody who's involved, say, on, on a production line, sort of the daily shift will talk about safety as a part of the daily sort of shift briefing, yeah? Um, when you go to do startup, safety will be a part of that startup procedure. The safety checklist will be part of it, yeah? Um, People will have read a risk assessment before they, or a, or a, or a, or a method statement before they start doing something. Um, 
and and actually that includes everybody. So whether they're new to the the role or experienced in the role, we make it a way of life that we talk about safety as a part of what we do. Um, and 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 that's absolutely something that we want to keep promoting and talking about next year in 2023, isn't it? Is is that is talking about right? How can we make safe operations a reality? Um, but I suppose for today's podcast, what it means is risk management actually comes first. Risk management is is the first thing we talk about, not incidents. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it, I think it is that you know we've talked about it before that kind of maturity, if you will, or that shift of how everywhere. If you think back in the early 1900s, I mean, we can go further back, but let's just fo- focus on the early 1900s. It was the Wild West, so to speak, of, you know, if, if you're familiar with the Triangle Shirtwaist factory fire, I mean, that's what kind of led to the creation of the ASSP. And you think about that, that was a factory where they basically locked the doors to make sure people were working, building column fire, what happened? I mean, you know, a lot of things. So you think about that, that's, for the most part, that's the Wild West. <laughs> it went from that to compliance. We started having regulatory then it started becoming more risk management and and thinking and i think we're still in that mindset of risk management and hopefully transitioning more to even you know learning more um proactive management that includes all those things and it is because if we can start really looking and thinking of where do risk exist and risk is a broad i mean i'm you know what we manage risk here versus when I was working in as a risk services consultant with insurance, I mean, it's a lot broader, but I think you bring up a good point. Health and safety, if it's really integrated throughout, so it's just discussed in all, all elements. Everyone knows if, if a new process is being developed, how can we design it? How can safety be even designed from the onset of that? If they're creating a new line, let's make sure we're putting everything first. And then it kind of starts to, to breed, throughout. And I think that's what we see organizations that are doing that. They understand that it's, it's really a lot more ingrained. Um, you know, I have a friend that works at a very large, uh, healthcare clinic and hospital here in the United States. And whenever they're adding new lines, if they're doing new, new builds or anything, a safety member attends that with everyone. It could be a safety member there with the doctor, with a um, engineer, with an architect. I mean, it doesn't matter. Safety is ingrained. And, and to me, that is the type of organization that they understand why why does it matter? And it ultimately, it comes back to that safe operations. You know, you, what you said a moment ago, not to make any uh, seasoned veterans of employees <laughs> upset, but it, it complacency sets in on the flip side. We also see it where the the new workers that come in, they get so focused on certain serious hazards, they might overlook others also. So we don't know where the actual, what's the right, where the money lies in the job. How do you have someone that is the most detailed? Are they a little longer or, or, or shorter? But I think it goes to show that no matter where they are on their journey of working, they have to, you have to be cognizant and understand the importance of, of, of what you're doing. And the more focus we can be on risk preventative, I think we start seeing there can be a positive change here. So it's not just always 
you know, doing the job to the way we see fit. And then if something happens, it, it happens. If it doesn't, great. Yeah. And that, and that, I love that kind of that, what you talked about there, which is in the UK, we've got a set of construction regulations called CDM. Um, and, and actually that, that, is, that talks about a responsibility when we're designing how do we design something so that it's that so that it's safe both in terms of actually physically constructing it but then running it and maintaining it post post sort of go live if you like um and and I, and I think that's a great principle isn't it it's part it's risk management isn't it it's part of risk management is 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 doing it at the design stage so if you if you create a production line for example it's not just thinking about how do we create that production line so it's safe to use it's also thinking about other things that need to happen. So, for example, do we have a cleaning or a, a cleaning process or a shutdown process? How do we do that safely? Yeah. Um, what, one uh, another point, and I know we thought about before, um, is, is this question of is it hazard or risk? And I and, and I think part of me is getting to a point of saying don't get too tied up in the semantics here. And um, but yeah, I mean uh, the, the hazard is the thing, and then risk is 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 how much or, 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 or sort is of how, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer, but the right answer is actually hazards and risks should be the front of mind and the priority uh, in, in the hope that we can then prevent things from happening in the first place. Yeah. So we, we actually want to proactively stop incidents from happening. Um, and, and I suppose getting people, within any organization to walk around, I say walk around with their eyes wide open, which sounds a bit patronizing, but, but it's almost that there's almost an unconsciousness, isn't there? If we, if we've not promoted this and got people thinking about it, there's an unconsciousness that actually they walk around and don't see the hazards. That's, so yeah. Sorry, right quick. I will say, that is one of my favorite activities. And I know you and I've done them in workshops over the last, 10 years, I would say I have done so many workshops. And when I was, one of them was a JHA. It was like, I did an all day JHA creation, did a four hour workshops and such. And that's always just the most crucial and fun activity is because you have some where people think about it. And then sometimes there's certain things, Oh, I've never thought about it. I, I don't remember. There was one, I had an example when I was showing and, it was in the last year and I wish I remembered what it was. it was about a year ago. Somebody brought up something on an image that I had not thought about in maybe eight years, if I'd even thought about it at all. And it was one of those, I was just, you know, light bulb. Like I've looked at this, I have come up with, you know, in one picture, like 15 different hazards. And it, it's not even, it's not an image that you would necessarily think that there were that many, but they came up with another one. And I was like, you know, it was a fresh set of eyes, which usually uh, that entails, but it just shows how everyone kind of slightly will think differently on what they're seeing. And that's the good thing about opening your eyes to what you're saying. I think it, it helps others to maybe see something that the majority haven't seen. Yeah. And that's what it's I'm, about. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to come on to that in a moment, but just before I do, can I just say, for anybody who's listening there, listening to this, you need to go and watch the podcast, the the YouTube version, because I'm getting slightly distracted because I've got I can see a windmill going around behind Langdon's <laughs> shoulder, because um, he's got a nice 
he's got a nice little wintry model village sitting behind him and and I could just see this windmill rotating on your right shoulder or left it's shoulder. Pancake house, yes. Jules. Very it's good. The, it's the pancake yeah. house, the Dutchman's pancake house. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Anyway, back to business. Um, uh, I suppose that 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 kind of takes us to another interesting point, doesn't it? Because you you do that exercise with people, and and you get them to point out what the hazards are, and we've all done those kind of cartoony exercises and. And, it, and some of it might seem blindingly obvious. It might seem like, I, I, again, I'm going to use the sort of speech marks and say common sense. Um, but what is common sense? Yeah. Um, for example, Langdon, to you, would it be common sense not to put your hand into a moving machine? Yeah, should be. Yeah. Okay. Should be. Is that common sense for everybody? No. Yeah, and and I'm actually thinking back to a real life example here, which is um, when I was I was I was laying a patio, and I got I got a guy, and he's great. He does a great job. Um, guy called Tony who came and and he was laying the patio for me, um, and he said, "Right, Jules," he said, "You can you can be my mixer." So I was mixing mixing the cement. So we got the cement mixer. It's there. It's going round, um, and I'm shoveling in the sand and the cement and and putting the water in and. And and for a, for an office jockey like me, it was absolutely killing me. It was it was seriously hard work. But then every so often, Tony would come out and just check the quality of my mixes to make sure they were good. And he quite happily, yeah, and he quite happily get a stick, shove his hand into this moving cement mixer to just give it a stir, yeah. And again, it's that it's a perfect example of a that what's common sense. But also because he's done the job for so long, he he just does things without thinking about it. Yeah, um, and okay, he get, he gets away with it. But again, any kind of piece, in, any kind of piece of moving machinery, what could the outcome be? Yeah, um, we're so, touching something hot. I mean, I'm how many yeah. times I know you have, I know I have yeah. as a child. I mean, I have older when I was, you know, I've talked about treehouse or if I'm building something when I've cut it you know, using the circular saw and as soon as I've gone through something, I know it's going to be a little hot because I've just cut it also. And there've been times, oh, why is that little piece sticking up, you know, and you burn your finger and... Well, you're making me laugh because I'm just I'm just thinking of the number of times that you say things to your kids, don't you? So don't touch it because it's hot. Don't touch the wet paint. And what do they automatically have to do? It's like the big finger coming out, isn't it? So... um but again, I suppose the key point here is what we're saying is how how do you get people to see the stuff that's in front of them? Um, and and I think you make a really good point, and I think something to take away from this is that is that sort of working with groups, working with people to 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 talk about what a hazard is. Um, but also, again, and we've talked about this so many times, but it's it's so important is is what's the value to you as an individual to actually go around and consciously look for those things? What's the value to you in terms of your long-term health and the long-term health of the people working around you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, how do you make it? I think to what you just said, that's a really good point because it's not even just the, how do you make it so people see that, but it's also, how do you, how do you make it? So like, what I was talking about touching that hot area, what you were talking about him putting his hand in there. How do we make it to where they spot the hazard? They know there is a, they know there is inherent risk there, 
but how do we make it to where even though they understand there's an inherent risk and even though they have done it maybe for 10, 20, 30 years, or maybe they're new to it and they realize there's nothing too serious that's going to happen here. Quick little, but you know, how can we make them realize that maybe I shouldn't do that anyways, even though I know the adverse effect is probably pretty minimal. Why, why do I not want to do that? You know, and, and maybe it is thinking about the extreme. Well, what could happen? You know, whatever. It's that second thought of just maybe having that thought so we can understand the importance of why we don't want to do it. You know, I suppose part, part of that as well is giving people the confidence to to tell the people that they're working with, don't do it, isn't it? Um, and I'm just reflecting back and 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 this is this is a, a while ago I used to work in a big distribution center um and um I used to work in the, on the office side of the side of the wall and if you went into the the actual warehouse piece of of, of the building you had to wear high vis um so even though it's broad daylight and and everybody can see you had to wear high vis because it was kind of that High vis era, where everybody just wore high vis for the sake of wearing high vis, um, and I can remember going in one day, and I was I was just thinking about what I was doing. I wasn't thinking about high vis, um, and I walked in without high vis on, and 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 Rich Brown, who was one of the sort of foremen, yelled across the warehouse at me, "Julian, get your high vis on," um, and it's just just sort of reflecting on that, you think. Okay, how does that how does that encourage me that there's a value to wearing high vis, or is it just this is just a rule that we all have to follow here, and we don't really understand why? So I think I think that why do we the the the, the importance of why shouldn't be underestimated in terms of actually educating people in terms of okay, so we're going to ask you all to wear high vis. What's the value to wearing high vis in that particular situation? Yeah, what's the What's the value to doing it? Yeah. Yep. Well, and oh, and that's it. It's it, we know that putting high vis on. That's you know probably I'm assuming that was very much a culture thing, and and that's good. I think a lot of times it is. You know, and if that's an added piece of buffer protection, whatever you want to call, it, hey, that's great. Um, you know, but it's that thought of we know things are there. We know risks exist. We know there are probably certain hazards that are going to exist. And then some is the, the risk going to occur? Is it not? You know, I don't know. But how can we actually reduce those? How can we think about, you know, just what we said, when we know that they're there, when we know that that hazard is present, how can we ensure that what we're doing is not just reducing it to an acceptable level or not just knowing where I can cut a corner and I know I'm going to be fine, but how can we do it to actually being safe? And when I do the job, nothing is going to happen, you know? And I think that's where we start. That's where we start needing to shift of, of that thought of how can I one be aware? How can I two, although I am aware, understand what not my own acceptable level, which is the problem realistically it's everyone has different acceptable levels, but under try to paint that picture of, we don't want anything acceptable. There are certain elements that risk are going to be there, but how can we ensure that it at least is minimized to the most acceptable level, which means yours and mine needs to be the same and not putting my hand in the 
cement mixer or touching something hot or you know whatever it is and that's and that's part that's part of having good 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 processes in place isn't it in terms of things like jha risk assessments inspections so actually there's a consistency in 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 terms of not just approach but also thought and 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 like you say i think it's a really important thing to recognize is we can't get rid of every hazard we, we 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 can't eliminate everything. It's just the nature of the beast that some jobs we're going to have some kind of hazards present. But like you say, how do we how do we do our best to protect people and make sure they do things as safely as possible? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the you know they are really hazards can be clingers. They really can. You know they're not. Sometimes they're just gonna they're gonna stick to you even when you don't want them to. So how can you ensure that if they are there, they are not exposed? And that's, you know, I think that's the, uh, that's the million dollar question or so if you, if you want to say, and that's why hopefully everyone has put in their processes to try to eliminate them or at least keep them, you know, minimal because we get so caught up on, and I think we've done a good job. You look at incident rates, they've all, for the most part, they've they've kind of plateaued a little bit, but they've gone down here and there. So that says we've done a lot of good. We've done a lot right. But we see critical and SIFs and others, fatalities and such, they haven't. And that's when you start realizing why. You know, what, what is happening? Are we have we focused so much on a general trip? that we overlooked the you know, serious fall from height or, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that's where we have to realize how can we transition to actually looking at what, what exists and, and, and it is, it's a changing of the way we actually, we actually think what metrics we want. I mean, it, we can go down a rabbit hole here, but there's, there's a lot of transitioning to really, it is a little bit of change management. Honestly, think- it has to take yeah. part. I think, I mean, I think on that point, I think regardless of the numbers, Langdon, we're still hurting people. We're still killing people in, in, in the US and the UK. Um, and and uh, as we say, that's not acceptable. And, um, and, and there are lots of reasons why, I would suggest. And we're not, we're not going to deal with it in the next however many minutes we've got left to, to talk today. Um, but actually, there's, there, there are lots of things we need to think about. Um, so all the things we've talked about leadership and we've talked about engagement, we've got to we've got to focus on that awareness piece. And I think one of the things when you're talking about risk and, and awareness is is actually who's doing the risk assessments. So actually, who's going out and doing the JHA? Who's going out and doing the risk assessment? Who's 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 looking at the safe operating procedure? And, and actually including the right people and more people in the creation of those documents so that they've got that awareness of what's going on around them. Um, no, and, and not just creating it and then having them review it. And that's, I think, yeah. what we get. I mean, I, that, I, that's the problem. I've done that yeah. Yeah, before. Yeah. I've created a yeah. JHA. I, I used the one who was doing the job. You know, we talked, yeah. got better understanding, yeah. maybe yeah. one other supervisor. But how many times have we actually incorporated multiple people so then when i got done it was a you know here here's the jha go take a look this is what we put together you know but i think that's a great point you bring up and 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 
I think following sort of the continuation of that point is okay. We hand them that JHA link. Then how do we know they've actually? How do we know they've actually read it and understood it? Um, and and all, I, I think I've said it before. I've been asked so many times. Can we have? Can we have the ability to have some kind of digital signature? Um, and I just laugh because so what does a digital signature tell you? It tells you that you physically handed them a, a JHA. I mean, it doesn't tell it doesn't tell you any more, does it? it? Tells you that I um, signed something. <laughs> yeah, it tells you I I've ha- I've physically handed you a JHA and you've signed something. Yeah, um, and and I think that's where we sometimes go wrong, um, and 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 I think that's one of the challenges still for twenty twenty three is that how do we get more people involved in the actual activities of health and safety, the creation of of those kind of documents, so actually they 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 own it make them own it rather than you owning it and, and trying to then get the information across to them. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the changes that we can, we can be thinking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that honestly, it's probably a pretty good way to even close out this podcast, thinking about changing our thinking. See how neatly I did that without even trying. I yeah. mean, honestly, that's pretty good because that's what it is, realistically. You know, we talk about it. We've we've heard earlier podcasts where we've talked about it. I mean, it's it's not really groundbreaking stuff, even if we would like it to be for us. It's not. It's changing the way we've we've done things. You know, how many times I know you and I've talked about it numerous times. Have I done things as healthy and safe as possible on the job, ensuring others are doing that as a safety professional, and then I go home and I cut corners myself. Well, I've, so just, that, I've just told you, I, I stood and watched the guy stick his hand in the cement mixer. So, yeah. I jumped off a ladder a couple of weeks ago knowing I'm fine. I was like three or four rungs up and I was, I had, I was holding something in my hand. Thank goodness it was like a wreath. So it wasn't anything big. I wasn't going to cut myself, but I was on grass also. So I should say, but I, you know, how many times have we done little things like that? So when we think about why does it matter and how can we change our thinking? Well, first off, safety is safety is safety wherever I am, you know, and as we close out thinking about true safe operations, and that is one of our focuses for 2023, it's very much understanding that safe operations are ingrained in in all elements. So when we talk about changing thinking, that's, that's pretty much across the board. It's, we know we've always done things one way, but that doesn't mean that that's the right way. All elements and all people. So, and I think that's one of the one of the one of the things that we'll we'll keep banging the drum about is actually get more people involved. Yeah, the, all all too often you see these small, dedicated teams of health and safety people trying to do it themselves. Um, and and what we've got to do is is spread the love, haven't we, Langdon? We've got to get more people doing more things, and and then that way they've got that ownership, they've got that engagement and empowerment. Yeah. Okay. Do you see how many buzzwords? I managed to get three buzzwords into one sentence then. That was quite and impressive. I don't even know that I talked about camaraderie once. You haven't. That's Until the first right time now. today. Yeah. Until right now. Well, for everyone, we appreciate you joining. And as we go forward, as we start the, the new year, we hope you all have a happy new year and also change the way you're thinking. Let's be safe out there, everyone. Have a great time, everybody. Hey everyone, really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. 
please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days, about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. <laughs>